So, as you know, in this Advent series, we are exploring Advent from the different perspectives of the individuals who were there at the heart of the action and who saw God's rescue plan. In Advent 1, we thought about Advent according to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we asked the question, how can we prepare our hearts for Advent? And we discovered that we should keep praying because God can do the impossible. In Advent 2, we thought about Advent according to Mary. And we asked the question, what does Advent teach us about God's promises to us? And we discovered that God is faithful and we can trust in him. Trust and obedience can bring us joy. In Advent 3, we thought about Advent according to Joseph. And we asked the question, what does it look like to be a hero of faith? We discovered that Joseph was a hero because he didn't fight for himself. He fought for others. He fought for his family. In Advent 4 today, we'll be asking, we'll be thinking about Advent according to Simeon and Anna. And we'll be asking the question, is it ever too late to serve God? Is it ever too late to serve God? Have you ever felt that you've missed an opportunity? Oh, I missed that opportunity to share with others. Oh, I missed the train to take me to my destination. Have you ever experienced missing an opportunity? Have, have you ever felt that you couldn't possibly do the thing that you would love to do because you felt too inexperienced, unqualified, or even too old? In Simeon's and Anna's story, we see that with God, it's never too late. Never. It's never too late. Never. Simeon and Anna were similar to Zechariah and Elizabeth because they were part of the faithful Jewish remnant who eagerly looked for the coming of the Messiah. Put another way, they believed in Jesus before he was born. There were some in Israel who believed that as God's chosen people, the nation would one day be the masters and rulers of the nations of the world. And some believed that some great celestial champion would descend upon the earth. Some people believed that a new king would arise from King David's lineage. And they believed all the old glories would return. There were some people, a remnant, who believed that God himself would break directly into human history by supernatural means. These believers were known as the quiet in the land. The quiet in the land. They had no dreams of violence power and armies with banners. They believed in a life of consistent prayer and quiet watchfulness, watching and waiting until God would arrive. All their lives they waited patiently upon God. When Joseph and Mary took baby Jesus to the temple for his dedication, they had two unexpected encounters. The first with, was with Simeon, 
and the second was with Anna. Both of these godly saints had been waiting patiently upon, upon God in prayer and in worship. And they faithfully expected God to come and rescue the nation and the entire world. The Messiah had to arrive and they were waiting for him. And when the Messiah arrived, they recognized him. They recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. So, Joseph and Mary's first encounter was with Simeon. What do we need to know about Simeon? Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit, taught by Scripture, and obedient to the will of God. And he was devoted to the Lord, and he eagerly anticipated the arrival of the Messiah. Scripture calls Simeon a righteous man. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and revealed that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah with his very own eyes. Simeon's dreams were fulfilled because he had the privilege of physically seeing Jesus the Messiah and holding him in his arms. Simeon saw the salvation of God personified. He saw Jesus before his death as he was promised. And in a similar way, it's very important, very important, that you and I see the salvation of God in our lives before we die. Once Simeon had seen Jesus and held him in his arms, he was overjoyed and he worshipped with a song. And this song, forgive my Latin, is called the Nunc Dimittis, which describes the first sentence of the song. Firstly, Simeon's song is a salvation hymn. It declares the salvation of the Lord. Simeon confessed that he had seen God's salvation, and now he was ready to die. Just like Simeon, as Jesus' followers, we do not have to fear death anymore. We have Jesus to rescue us from death. As Jesus' disciples, we can actually embrace death. With Jesus, we know that death will free us from the burdens of this life and lead us into the eternal blessings that await us. Isn't that good? We don't have to be afraid. That's good news, isn't it? Death is not the end. In many ways, it's the beginning. Secondly, Simeon's song is a missionary hymn. Simeon's song is startling because he is singing about God's mission to the Gentile nations, the nations that were not Jewish nations, while he stood in the temple in Jerusalem. We have a foretaste of God's mercy even towards pagan nations and powers. Isn't that good news? God cares for all nations, all people from all tribes. That's good news. 
in seeing the Messiah, Simeon knew that Jesus would bring glory back to Israel and bring the love of God's salvation to the Gentile nations. And this would reach across the entire world. Simeon saw the gospel and preaches it in this song. After his hymn, Simeon stopped praising and started prophesying. Firstly, Simeon prophesied that Jesus will cause many to fall. When confronted with the love of Jesus, our hearts can either run out to respond to his love and embrace him, or when confronted with the love of Jesus, we can remain cold, unmoved, disbelieving, or even hostile towards Jesus. Not everyone will accept Jesus, and many will deny him. But Jesus' saving love is for all people, all embracing, all loving. It's sad that some will reject it. Secondly, Simeon prophesied that Jesus will cause many others to rise. I like the sound of that. Jesus has given us his hand and lifted us up out of the pit, prison or snare, where we have been trapped, where we have been stuck. Jesus can lift us from any situation and bring us his healing love. Jesus lifts us from our old life into our new life. If we are in Christ, we've been born again. Jesus has lifted us up and we have a new life in him. We've gone from death to resurrection. And that's good news, isn't it? That's the gospel. We move from death to resurrection. The prophet Malachi said, For you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. I love that image. Like little calves prancing around, full of joy. The psalmist tells us that God lifts up the downtrodden. He lifts up all of those who are downcast. He lifted up me when I needed him, and he lifts up you when you need him. Jesus' saving love rescues us, and Simeon saw that. He knew that. Thirdly, Simeon prophesied that Jesus will be opposed by many. We know that, don't we? In some countries and cultures, Jesus is not welcomed, and his people are persecuted. When confronted with Jesus, it is very difficult to remain neutral. We're kind of forced to make a decision about him. There is no neutrality when faced with the question, who is this man who people frequently asked about him? Who is this man? People encountered Jesus 
And they were left with that question, who is this man? We either accept him or oppose him. Either Jesus is the Messiah or he is not the Messiah. We're forced to decide. This opposition would reach its climax at the cross. The image of the sword that Simeon used was speaking about the sorrow that Mary, Jesus' mother, would experience when he would be consistently and continually rejected by the community until one day she would be stood by the cross looking up at it, looking at her son nailed to it, watching as Jesus would suffer and die for the sins of the world. And this sword would pierce her very soul. We're going to think about Anna now, Anna the prophetess. Joseph and Mary's second encounter was with Anna. What do we need to know about Anna? Like Simeon, Anna was one of the quiet in the land, one of the remnant. Anna was a widow, and she had been widowed early in the marriage. Her story is tragic. But even though she had experienced grief and deep sorrow, she had not grown bitter. If that was me, I'd probably be bitter, not Anna. Sorrow can do one of two things to us. It can make us hard, bitter, resentful, and rebellious against God. Or it can make us kinder, gentler, more understanding, and it can help us to welcome God in our hearts. Sorrow can either rob us of our faith, or it can root faith even deeper. Anna was 84 years of age. Glory, glorious. Although she was mature in years, she never ceased to hope. Aging can be cruel. We know that. Age can take away our energy, our strength, our physical abilities, and mental aptitude. But even worse than that, age can deteriorate our inner life and well-being. I'm sure we've all seen someone who we love experience deterioration. And it's cruel. The years can take away our sparkle. And again, we could allow the aging process to leave us resentful, couldn't we? But Anna, Anna understood that it didn't have to be that way. It all depends on how we think of God. Do we think of him as a tyrant, unloving, unkind? Or do we think of him as a loving father, loving parent, who's always there and with us in everything? Anna knew God was intimately connected to her 
and with her in her life, she knew deeply that God loved her. Anna didn't understand everything, but she knew that God had his hand on the helm. Anna knew that God was steering the ship of her life. And she believed, she believed, and it comes through in the passage, that the best was yet to come. The best is yet to come. The passing of the years doesn't have to kill our hopes, but can actually build our hopes and strengthen us as we see the goodness of God over the years in our lives. So, what was Anna's secret to living well and aging well? Firstly, Anna never ceased to worship God. She worshipped without ceasing. She spent her life in God's house and with God's people. Day and night she worshipped God and shared fellowship with God's people. Secondly, Anna never ceased to pray. The years had left Anna without bitterness and she carried an unshakable hope because every day of her life she kept her contact with God alive. Are you hearing that? She kept her relationship with God alive alive. She didn't give up or quit. She persevered in tough times and she knew God intimately. She knew he was with her in it all. God is love and God was the source of her strength. And actually, it was in her weakness that God's strength was made perfect. When Anna heard Simeon speaking with Joseph and Mary and praising God for the child, she joined in and also began praising God. Anna did much more than sing, though. What did she do? She spread the gospel. She spread the good news among the faithful remnant among the quiet in the land. Anna was an evangelist. She couldn't keep it in. She'd seen God's goodness and she had to share it. Anna was also a prophetess, which meant she had a gift for declaring and interpreting God's message to the people. We don't know how old Simeon was. Scripture doesn't tell us. But he was probably quite old. He was probably knocking on. Why do I say that? Well, because he was happy to die once he had seen the Messiah. That suggests he was coming towards his latter years. Anna was 84 years old. Simeon and Anna revealed to us that it's never, never, never too late to be used by God powerfully. It's never too late. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And he wants to use you. 
to share his love with those who are broken and hurting and reveal that Christ is alive and actually he reigns and one day will return. One day we will all see him face to face. It's never too late for you or for me. Simeon and Anna discovered that God can make every season of life meaningful and significant. It's easy to look at the past and wish we were still in the past. But God's got a future for us. There is a future for you and for me. God has plans and purposes for you and for me. Does that excite you? It does me, knowing that the best is yet to come. Simeon and Anna dedicated their lives to God. And God didn't let them down. He never let them down. And they featured in God's salvation plan. And they'll be remembered forever in Scripture. As the years went by, they didn't know. They did not know that the best was yet to come. They didn't know. God loved them and they loved God. Are we willing to be dedicated to the Lord as they were? Are we willing to surrender our lives to him? Because his plans for us are good. They're wonderful. The reality is, and I conclude with this, the reality is the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, which was revealed in Jesus and is experienced through your Holy Spirit. I pray that all my friends here today all my family here today will know more of your love this year and be inspired by your love with the deep conviction that the best is yet to come. The best years are not behind us. The best is yet to come. Thank you that you love each and every one of us and I pray that we will know more of your love. In Jesus' name, amen.